podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. Uh, delighted to have Paddy back again after his travels and his travails over the last last uh, week or so. Just to let everybody know as well, we're recording this at stupid o'clock in the morning, um, and we will be going out later on this evening. So if any news breaks between now and about half nine when this will go out, this is a pre-recorded one that's not going to have any of that new news in it. Uh, so I do apologize about that. But uh, as I say, I'm delighted to have Paddy back on the podcast and uh, back from Malta and uh, I'm sure you're absolutely delighted to be back to the flog and rain Paddy that happened yesterday aren't I just you just can't get a better welcome back to this country than uh, torrential yeah and and that coupled with the fact that we haven't had any water in the house since we uh, came back so we've uh, we've just had a nightmare so it's off to the gym for a shower and the laundrette to wash all the holiday clothes and yeah, I'm, I might sit in this uh, in this short for the for the week for work, but we'll, we'll worry about that when when the time comes. <laughs> yeah, God bless working from home. God bless. Yeah. From home. So they started working this morning. They started working this morning. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that's the start of everything sorting itself out. Excellent, 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 excellent. And look, I, I know that you've you've been away for a while, and there's been a couple of people who've messaged me, and they've they've really wanted to get your thoughts because I I came on, and I kind of spoke after the, the United game. I haven't really given my thoughts much on on preseason, just in the individual games that we've seen. But obviously, Mark Holmes from um, the Aston Villa fan down in Australia went to all the games, and we started kind of talking about. Uh, you know, what way preseason has gone so far? Should we be high, 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 or should we be a bit cautious about maybe how the team is going? And it kind of got me thinking afterwards that there is no better person, I think, that would have formulated some some red hot takes than yourself, Paddy, uh, with regards to that. So we're going to get on to that in a moment, but we're going to start off nice and fluffy. And we haven't even talked about the away jersey, Paddy. I don't think uh I I I don't think I expected the away jersey to be as nice. How do you find it? Um I'm going to reserve a little bit of judgment till I till I touch and feel it when I get over for the Everton game. But I wasn't too impressed with the away jersey. I thought it's very like the one we had the year that we stayed up. Um, I know everyone remembers the green one that we wore on this day three years ago or two years ago when we stayed up when Jack did the famous fingers in the ears. Um, but the the blue one that year I thought was very like the the one we have this year. But uh, it, just, it was a little bit safe compared to the, the home kit, which has really grown on me. Haven't seen it on the players for for the last two weeks. So, uh, yeah, a little bit safe, a little bit plain. But I think up close, from what everybody's saying, I might change my mind. I think the big thing about it is it's got a lovely retro feel to it. It's got, and, and I'm going to turn fully into Rob Warner Rob, Rob here in a <laughs> moment. But it's got this piping on it that just really reminds me of. I don't know. It's like a 1990s international jersey or something like that. It's got this this claret piping just here, and it's not an awful lot. And it just just about breaks up parts of the jersey, and I just like it. And and I don't know what what material it's made of, but it looks like it's kind of like a silky synthetic type of material. And once again, that's a throwback to the way jerseys were, I suppose, when 
when I was growing up as well. So I think it's all nostalgia for me, but I do like it. I When I saw it first, I went, kind of looks like a training top. Then I saw it on the players. I went, that actually looks a bit cool. But once again, for the poor, everything looks cool when you're, when you've got a six back or when you're, uh, when you're, in the, <laughs> when you're flying fit, but how will it look on the portly gentleman is, uh, is, is at the top of everyone's, li- um, everyone's list. I think at the minute, well, specifically the portly gentleman, but it's, uh, I like it. I like the combination of blue and, and the, the claret shorts. Um, I hate claret and claret. I know, I know that got a big reaction from people last year when I said it because people said, "Oh, the claret jersey and the claret shorts and the claret socks looked class." I don't like it either. No, I don't like it. agree with you there. Yeah, I don't like it. It, it, it. I don't know what it makes me think of, but it makes me think of something. So I don't know. I can't even remember what team it makes me think of, but I just don't like it. But I like the claret. Claret uh, togs and claret socks with the with the white or with the with, with the blue shirt. So uh, mm. they'll have some combinations that they can that they can go with for sure. I remember going. I remember going to Goodison Park probably about twenty years ago, and we wore the the claret shorts, and we got absolutely spanked, and we were hammered all day long. And I think that's what's torn me off. <laughs> so the minute I see it, I've just got flashbacks of that day. A good old crack though. We got drunk, but. Uh, <laughs> we got absolutely hammered on the pitch and an absolutely team down rain. That's my memory of it. Yeah, it's look, isn't it mad the way that situations would turn you off? Yeah, so do with a jersey or whatever. And see, I wasn't. We weren't nine lads. It's crazy clock in the morning. I'm yawning here because I'm just out of the scratcher. So uh, I'm. Um, <laughs> I make no about no bones or apologies about it. <laughs> um, we also had, there's other news floating around, Paddy, about something that uh, you know we've we've spoken a bit about. Um, it looks like that Carney Chukwueke is probably like it looks like AC Milan are very very heavy in uh, in for him with a fifteen million pound um, fee rumored. No, where it's coming from, it's coming from the Italian media, which is why I'm giving this some air on on this podcast. And I think, to be honest with you, I think look, I think everybody would be should be happy with that. You know, he's going to a team that he thinks, and I actually think he will get game time in in the in the Italian league be nice and slow for him we've always criticized his pace um and that's something that they look that's it's not criticism sorry i'm going to take that back we've always highlighted that his lack of pace yeah. going to the italian league and villa are getting 15 million for somebody who paid 301 minutes for them last season so i think while we don't want to lose the kid i think in in the greater scheme of things everybody could probably come away with you know I call it a victory in that instance there whether it be carney or whether it be the villa the villa hierarchy well, I think I think it's a victory for us if if that's cur- now as you say this is a pinch of salt stuff because yeah. we've heard Borussia Dortmund apparently that's cooled we've heard Barcelona he obviously employing the greatest spin doctor in the world to, to list off the, the best teams in Europe that are looking for him so if if in my opinion if if AC Milan are looking for him snap their hands off because to me the conduct of him of the last few months would suggest he's a bad egg and. I don't want any bad eggs around the club. I, I want people who care. I want people to want to win. I want people with drive. I want people to stay and fight for their place. You know, and you you compare him to the likes of Matt Target that just walked out the door and said, "No, I'm I'm not sticking around to play second fiddle to to Luca Dean." So if if he's not prepared to play second fiddle, if anybody's not prepared to to play second fiddle, be that uh, Freddie Gilbert, uh, Danny Ings. Tyrone Mings, whoever it is, Robin Olsen, whoever that comes down to, just listing names of players that might play back up. 
um, they can go. You know, if they're not if they're not if they're not in for the fight, if they're not in for the long haul, they can go. But to to sit on that contract for seven months and do absolutely nothing, you know, I, if if fifteen million is a win win for me, take take the money all day long. I think the the smart money even with Villa here would be even if you could get a team to take them off your hands for ten million with a sell on clause for him like Villa needs to be smart with this and that's why initially I said listen hold on to him no club has got a bid for him no club's going to mm. buy him and they can get him for pittance and it turns out that pittance I think is undersold at 400,000 I just can't imagine that it would only be 400,000 that the team could sign him from for sign him for based on uh, just based on, on on what my limited knowledge of what the um of what the compensation fee that FIFA have brought in is. I think it's more along the 2 million mark myself, just looking at it. But as I say, I'm not going to stand over any of those figures because uh, uh, I just couldn't be 100% sure of them. But I think that if Villa were were to be cute about this, yeah, you could get 15 million right now for him off AC Milan or whoever, or you could start a bidding war with, say, listen, if we got kind of 10 million plus a 20% sell-on, call, sell-on clause um, afterwards, be smart. Man City are being smart. I, I spent way too much time giving out and going on rants about how Man City are selling 17, 18, 19-year-old kids for tens of millions of pounds and putting in sell-on clauses for them. Villa need to grow up and need to pull up the pants a small bit here and be a bit, get to the big boy table when they're doing this deal, if they are going to sell him. If they're, like, even if they sell him for 20 million, there better be a sell-on clause in this as well. If you think he's as good as he's going to be, and if, if, if this team thinks he's as good as he's going to be, they should be willing to put in that sell-on clause for him as well. And I think that that's, that, that's only fair. But um, as I say, I would imagine this gets started one way or another um, before the start of the season. I would yeah. I would think to myself it would be a dramatic U-turn if he was to re-sign a new contract. I just think that they're mm-hmm. way too far away. There's been numbers very, you know, there's been numbers thrown out there. Um, of what he's looking for, and I think the club are far away on that. Um, but one thing, one thing will lead to another. I think very soon. It's thirty-seven days till the end of the transfer window as well. So let's not forget that there's thirty-seven days, and that's going to frame a conversation we might have a bit later yeah. on if we if we have time. But let's move on anyway to something I suppose that we can talk about with a small bit more certainty. Is we've seen three games from this Aston Villa football team, um, down in Australia. A very, I think. Uh, overall, it, this is a it was a very positive tour from a lot of angles, from a financial angle, from a marketing angle, from a PR angle, from a from a from a, a results angle, and it seems that Stephen Gerrard from from, a, from Stephen Gerrard himself and his own um, position within the club, I think, it was very positive for him as well. Um, overall, Paddy, before we get drilled down into individual players and maybe potential that we want to see. What's your view on that overall tour now that the team have touched down back in BHX again? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you on, on all of those points. I, I think um, it, it worried me an awful lot because Australia isn't really a soccer-loving uh, country. We saw that in Townsville when we played Brisbane Roar. Um, we, they just didn't have the crowd to come and, and rock the stadium as such. Um, but they got enough of a crowd in, enough enough of a crowd to enjoy it. Um, it worried me to see them play on poor pitches, which they wouldn't have done anywhere else in the world if they'd have gone to a, a soccer loving country. Let's call them. Um, but it's 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 important 
from a, a commercial point of view to, to spread the wings, to spread it into places like Asia, Australasia, uh, America. And I, I think as we grow, we're going to see a whole lot more of that. You know, we're, we're sharing the pitch down there with, with Manchester United, who are widely regarded as the most popular team in the world. Um, I'm sure that's changing as the glory hunting continues and people start to move around. But, uh, you know, it's it's important for us to be spoken about in, in the same sentence. I'm sure the media were very pissed off at our late goal against Man United and it, it completely changed how, how, the, how the game was reported. And I'm sure Man United were fairly pissed off at it as well because they, they wanted a win on the board. That was the one that was being beamed everywhere. Um, they made an awful lot of money out of, out of MUTV um, selling that all over the world without selling the rights to it anywhere else. And, of course, we watched it on the very confident and competent AVTV, which has been brilliant as well for the last three weeks. And I know people have complained about it, but, you know, I'll, I'll bang the drum as long as I can. You, you can complain in the UK about, about paying 15 quid for three games or, or, or 40 quid, for, for 35 quid for, for the year, but... It's a valuable tool for people who are overseas to be able to catch up with news and stuff like that. And I think they've done a remarkable job of, of broadcasting. Now, I didn't watch the Leeds game live. I only watched the highlights because it was on a stupid o'clock in the morning and I was on my holidays. And I think I might have been divorced. If Fair with our fed alert, lads. <laughs> but uh, I, as you know, I did get up for, for the others and uh, we did a team sheet tantrum ahead of Man United. Um and it, you know, it's great. It's a great time of year. It's a, it's a good buzz. Um, you know, for people like Mark that you had on the podcast the other day, the, the opportunity to be not, it, I don't, you call him an expat from Ireland, but there's, a, there's hundreds of thousands of expats from the UK who are also down there who have this opportunity to watch their favorite club mm. play on, on their soil. And, you know, when, when they came to Ireland, it was absolutely huge for us. Um, back in, in the early part of the last decade, to play Bohemians, to play Shamrock Rovers, and the buzz that created for our Lions Club alone. So there's a lot of positives in it. Um, there's a huge market down there that's untapped. Hopefully we've tapped into it and 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 uh, got a whole new rap <laughs> range of followers from from all walks of life down there. Um, I particularly enjoyed the video of um, Gerard going in and taking the young lad out of school and bringing him to training. I thought that was fabulous. I thought it was great. It was great that, you know, you, you could see... Um, even the culture of how the boy was dressed in school with his with his hat like his crocodile Dundee hat on in school was was good crack. So um, I think all these things are all feel good factors that 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 you know spread around the world. Um, there was a lovely video for the the launch at the the uh, away strip, which incorporated all the Lions clubs around the world. We saw some familiar faces that you you may have seen on this podcast. Including Ross from South Africa, Simon from mm. Chicago, Brett Bates in Toronto, Ricky Leong in in California. So uh, it just shows that the club is going global, and uh, it, it's just magic that the, the internet. The one good thing that social media does is it brings us all together and and allows us to to all see these magical occasions taking place. And and. I think, you know what, to wrap a bow on that, because we started off with the AVTV and things, that AVTV, yes, a, a, and you made a great point. If you're sitting in V6 or if you're sitting anywhere in around Birmingham, it's probably like you're probably, ah, ugh, you know, this is what it is, you know, because you can rock down to Villa Park and you can touch, you can basically touch 
the club essentially whereas as you mentioned there like Simon Leach like the Brett Bex like uh, likes of all those guys that are out there Mark Jerobi Kevin Hunter I, I'm just talking about guys in the States or even guys down in Australia yeah. as well you know wherever they are and us even here in Ireland that might get over we we can't really complain we get over as much as we basically can afford to and want to you know essentially yeah. but for other people it's a three-year savings trip and that AVTV piece is very big because until Villa start winning the leagues and things like that, the media aren't going to cover us as much as will we'll satisfy their love for the club and our love for the club as well. So it's going to be a, it's a situation where AVTV will um, will will bridge that gap. So, Sorry so, about that. That <laughs> <laughs> could be your water. That could be a fellow coming to fix your water now. Any minute. Um, but yeah, so the AVTV kind of bridges that gap and it kind of keeps people involved and it keeps people kind of connected with the club in that way as well when they're, when they're far flung across the world. And look, you want big club mentality? Well, then global mentality is big club mentality. So um, so uh, that is all part of, uh, I suppose, the financial web that football now weaves around the world as well, which is which Absolutely. is something for a completely yeah. different different podcast. So let's focus on the actual first team squad that we had, or the squad, should I say, that we brought out there, Paddy. Um, and we won't spend too long on this because it could be all thrown up into the air against Rain as well at the weekend, which we will be doing a team sheet tantrum and a post-match for as well. So keep an eye out for that. And we're going to wait until after the Rain game to do our pre-season preview because I personally think that we ain't seen nothing yet with regards to, I suppose, like everybody was thinking, oh, against United, that's the team that's going to go against Bournemouth. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, um, And I think we could potentially see maybe outgoings on loan and stuff over the next few days now that people are back in Birmingham. But let's talk talk to me, Paddy, about if I was to ask you for three players who you think didn't do themselves any favours at all on this on this tour, who would be the three that come to your mind? Um, it's a difficult enough question. There, I, I think there's a few. Um, the first one I'm going to go with is Ollie Watkins. Uh, that might come as a surprise to people. But I think... At a certain stage, the work rate doesn't become enough. I think we need to see a finished product, and we're not seeing it. We we spoke in this prod, podcast when the before the players came back into the building. Ollie Watkins, maybe maybe it wasn't on the podcast, but I definitely spoke to you about it. Um, Ollie Watkins was in Bodymore Heat with with his a, a, a special one to one training, yep. working on his finishing, and and they went to the trouble of sharing videos on this. And then he goes out and just hasn't produced it since. So I, I think his position is very much in trouble. And the reason, the one reason, and I'm sure you're going to ask me for three people who have uh, who have um, done themselves oh, immense favour. Yeah. But the main reason for Ali Watkins is now looking over his shoulder is the emergence of Leon Bailey and how well that he has done throughout the, the pre-season and how much work he seems to have put in. Again, he was a guy who appeared to come back early because he played international football. He didn't need to be there, but he was there, which means he cares, which means we've seen another side of him, which makes me very happy and hope that he can stay fit and be the player that we signed because as far as I'm concerned, throughout, throughout this preseason, he's looked like and felt like a brand new signing for the club. So once he stays fit and stays on his feet and scores goals and, and does well for the club, I think he will be a new signing, and I know that's an awful cliche to to use. But you're, you're yeah. But if you if you're looking at the the likes of Ollie Watkins, I think that's the one player he's looking over his shoulder, going, 
oh shit, I'm in trouble here. This guy can score goals. He can, he can he can score goals many different ways. So is he going to be the man that comes in and and does my job up there? Anyway, that's Ollie Watkins. That's the one I think will will people will probably be shouting at their their screens going, uh, I don't agree with you there or whatever. But I I just believe he's given us everything he he can give us. He's reached the ceiling. His finished article hasn't been there at this level. And I think if there was a striker to go out tomorrow, that that striker would be Ollie Watkins. Who are the other two, Paddy? Uh, number two is Freddie Gilbert. Yeah. I think it's I think it's blatantly obvious that number one, he's probably not been trusted by the hierarchy. Otherwise, we may have seen him play games. Um, he just can't seem to catch a break for us. He can't seem to. Like we we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We we can only surmise, but we'd have to really scratch our heads and wonder. You know, we we always said we think there's a player in there, but I don't think the management team that are there think he, the, the same as we do. So I I think he's on his way out. I think that's it for him. I think the next offer that comes in, he'll be out the door. And my third player is Anwar Al Ghazi. I think he was so unfortunate that the arrival of his baby came when it did because he could have probably done with those games out there. He probably could have done with game time heading into the new season. So I think we may see Amwar Al-Ghazi next Sunday. There hasn't even been a a mention as if the the baby was born or not, or maybe I just missed it. But uh, providing the the new arrival has come, we might see Amwar Al-Ghazi next Saturday, but... I think that will be in the shop window for him. Yeah, my my three are. I, I actually agree with you on Ali Watkins and the point that he hasn't done himself any favors. But mine are Ali Ali Watkins, Danny Ings, and I think we have to put Philippe Coutinho in there. No, I'm not saying we sell all these guys. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but we seem to have solidified up our defense. And I know people are going to say we can see the two against Man United. We can see the two against Man United on a rubbish pitch. And, one of those goals was in torrential rain that Matty Cash couldn't get out of the way of. And it hit went into the back of the net. So yeah. I, I'm going to give the guys a small bit of a pass on that one. Um, bad and all as the first goal was when Luca Dean just had no interest in finding out where, where Jaden Sancho was. Um, and then, obviously, as we say, Matty Cash scores no goal. But I think we looked a bit more competent in midfield and we looked a bit more competent in, in defence, um, regardless of who we played. And, and when we get on to our, our three our three plus points, I think both of us would probably have the same one same one same man in there anyway for sure. But I just think we just look so toothless in attack. And that that to me was really kind of it's really kind of annoying because they're three bloody good players. And why can't they play together? Like it like it, is it footballing intelligence for the, the three of them just don't aren't on the same wavelength? What is Did I go? Did you guys lose? Did you lose me there? I lost you briefly. You me. I yeah. was just saying that if you think that there's a striker going, a striker is going out. I don't think a striker goes out, but I think this is now forwarded uh, or pushed up the agenda that a striker needs to come in, that somebody needs to come in here. And yes, we've got Cameron Archer, and we're not brushing over that. He's been very good. He got two goals or whatever. But I think another striker needs to come in there. Uh, who yeah. that is? 
Don't know because there aren't a dearth of very good strikers in the market at the moment. Even the big, 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 big teams are going back to the 34, 35 year old players, like you see mm. Barcelona with Lewandowski and stuff like that. And you even see Dortmund signing 28, 29 year old Sebastian Heller, Heller um, who unfortunately has been now diagnosed with a pretty, pretty nasty cancer. Um, so we wish him all the well as well. And obviously that pushes Borussia Dortmund into the market for a striker too. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, that's beside the point. But I think a striker could be on, could be on, on yeah. uh, lips. And if yeah, in fairness, if you if you'd have given me a four choice with that, I I would have put um, Keenan Davis in there because how unlucky is that guy? I I think I think once he puts a Villa badge on his chest, he's guaranteed to get injured because he he went through a, a long season last season, been fairly fit, and the minute he minute he comes back, he gets injured. I just, I just can't see any future for him. So, I think you're right. I think, I think we'll see. I think we'll see Keenan go out, be it on loan or whatever. You know, I think that'll be up to Gerard what he wants to do with him now. But uh, I, I definitely can see a striker coming in. I can hundred percent see a striker coming in. Give me your, give me your three. I don't know. I put up four fingers. Give me your three people who excelled. You think over the course of the the preseason so far. Um, well, I, I think you'll have to give a special mention to, to Cameron Archer because he, he always takes his chance, you know, and albeit, um, it, it, and I'm glad I mentioned this previously because if you watch that game against Brisbane Roar, it, it, for me, it was like watching Celtic or Rangers play a game against any other team in the league other than themselves. It was a team parking the bus. It was a, it was a, a match where you had to try and break them down. And where was Cameron Archer during that time? He was lost on the edge of the box, not picking up any ball. So that's that's why when all that rumours were coming out about him playing for Rangers, that I didn't want it. And I hope that was a perfect example because I got an awful lot of stick over it. People sent me a lot of a lot of DMs saying I was this, that and the other. So I rest my case on that one because he was anonymous, but when the ball came to him, back in the net, that's what he does. Um, another one... I think it's probably the same one as you is uh, Emiliano Buendia. Mm. I, I I just don't see a way we can start the season without him in the team. I think he's absolutely world class. I think we've got an absolute banger on our hand, and I, I I I think it's a huge thing now to see how we go about fitting him and Coutinho in together, as you previously mentioned. So th- that's the main two for me. Um, the other person who's who's uh, sorry, I've forgotten the question. You you said you said how oh, excelled, excelled over the yeah. A, a third a third one's a difficult choice because you're you're looking at you're looking at a lot of players who had decent enough time on the pitch, um, excelled. Probably a, a difficult one to make. I want to give a special mention to one player. And I think if his feet were a bit better, we wouldn't have him at all. And that's Robin Olsen because, you know, his, his saves were good. He, uh, th- I think the, the players themselves seem to have a lot of uh, faith in him. They gave him those balls back on, on the bad pitch. Um, unfortunately, his kicking isn't great. I think he's going to be a Mark Bosnich type player. But uh, that's something they can work on, hopefully. Cam um, Kessler-Hayden, when he got his opportunity, Matty Cash, uh, Luca Dean never let us down. I think the huge problem child now is deciding who plays in midfield for Steven mm. Gerrard and hopefully he can work that out sooner rather than later. Yeah. My three plus points I think of the off-season, of the pre-season so far are 
Uh, Diego Carlos looks like he's advertised. He's a big brute of a man. He stood up to Patrick Bamford. That's just me being frivolous. But, you know, when when at the start of the United game there, there was one passage of play whereby nobody wanted to take uh, take control of it. And in the in the in the penalty area, he not only stopped the pass through to, to I think it was Martial, but then he was it was went in front of him and he had to do this little lunge kind of kick and he got it out of play. So he's no nonsense. So I'm beginning to really really yeah. warm to Diego Carlos. Um, I think Callum Chambers has had a fantastic off season so far, fantastic preseason so far. Um, yeah, and Paddy, I knew you were going to love that one. And I'm also going to give um uh, a shout out. Look, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to um uh, to Morgan Sanson. As well, you mentioned Ken Kesslin Hader, so I'm hidden. So I'm just going to mention somebody different. But Morgan <laughs> Sanson, I think, I think that game against United, albeit against a, a bunch of kids in the second half, he's somebody who needed to have a moment that people could could cling onto and latch onto. And could he still go out of the club? He absolutely could. But he drove on himself and Douglas Louise drove on the ran midfield in that in that second half, and in a game that we did come back and we did come back from a two 0 deficit. So. Fair play to Morgan Sansan. Um, I just wanted to really name three different players than you did. I agree with your Amy Buendia. I agree with your Ken Kesslin Hayden. I, Hayden, I agree with your Cameron Archer. I agree with. I don't agree with your Robin Olsen because I'm still not really sold on him. And <laughs> uh, you mentioned that Luca Dean. I just haven't seen anything of Luca Dean in preseason just yet that makes me makes me see anything different from last mm-hmm. season where he got caught very very high forward and he's on my radar for this season that he could annoy me a small bit even though I think he's a fantastic player. So that's uh, that's my synopsis, I suppose, of, of where we are with regards to this. I think that is a, a good as good a place as any to to kind. Of, to leave the podcast are coming up in a half an hour and uh as i said we will be back with loads of stuff over the course of this week and we're going to do a I, i'm going to do a little bit of a ren pre- preview i don't know if you're around paddy but i'm going to do a little ren preview we will have a team sheet tantrum for ren um at, on saturday an hour before kickoff as uh, an hour and 10 minutes before kickoff as always and we will have a post match for that then next season we will have our next week we'll have a look into the uh, academy setup and what what's going on there and what has been going on there over the off season and we will look forward then with a pre-season uh, re- preview to the to the game and then or to the season, should I say. And then, Paddy, we'll be on to Bournemouth after that. So it's coming thick and fast over the next week. Content has gone nowhere, and it's been a really lively off-season. Thank you so much to everybody that has followed us. Thank you to all our new followers. Thank you to people who are watching this and have never watched it before. If you could give this a thumbs up and you could subscribe to the podcast, we'd absolutely love it. We're going nowhere, and we're going to have a ton of stuff out over the coming season. And I'm, do you know what? I'm really looking forward to it because uh, there's something that's small a bit different about this season in the integration of the kids, Stephen Jarry getting his feet under the table and some of the exciting signings that we've had in the likes of Diego Carlos and Puba Kamara and potentially the signings that are still to come. So um, it's going to be, it's going to be held for letter over the next four weeks until the end of the transfer window and onwards in towards the season. So I hope you'll join us for that as well. So thanks very much, Paddy. And thanks everybody for watching. Um, we will be back as I say later on in the week with a rent preview but until then everybody stay safe stay healthy and all that's left to say is up the villa up the villa Sports Social Podcast Network